you know, my wife won't does not like oh deadpan oh, humor. Oh, I know at all. The uh, I think the because I I forced her at gunpoint to watch <laughs> Wes Rice. Anderson movies, yeah. and she liked. Um, I think she liked Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then I was like, oh, well, let's watch Moonrise Kingdom. And she's like, I did not like that at all. I was like, well, let's watch Life Aquatic. She's like, I don't like this at all. And I'm like, what's wrong with you? (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to A Cast With No Name. We are your hosts. I'm Jay. And I'm Matt. This is episode 68. This episode, we explore the sea life as we review and discuss Wes Anderson's Life The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. But first, don't forget to visit our website, acastwithnoname.com, where you can listen to our entire episode library. Plus, you can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and YouTube. Uh, Please leave a comment and uh, or rate us or whatever. Please. Life Aquatic. Yeah, Jay. Yeah, Matt. So we wanted to watch something that... uh, at least I hadn't seen it in a while. Yes. I remember not liking it, but I feel like as I got older, I probably would enjoy it more. Mm-hmm. And this popped into my head. Because I remember first seeing it when it came out when I was in high school. Yep. And I remember not liking it. I think you mentioned that they build it as like a Bill Murray comedy. Yes. So I was going into it expecting like Groundhog Day or something. Yep. And that's not what this movie is. It so, is not what this movie so is. So I uh, didn't like it. So... This is probably, yeah. I mean, it's it's my favorite Wes Anderson movie. Is it? I think so. Well, oh, even over uh, Moonrise Kingdom. Yeah, I mean, there's. Um, I don't think it's his best movie. I think there's aspects of this movie that he hasn't been able to. Uh, uh he's been able to duplicate it, but um, it's. It's my favorite movie, but I think his best movie is probably um, Grand Budapest Hotel. Uh-huh. Um, I think that's probably his, yeah, his best overall made movie. Um, I like that one a lot. And uh, my other favorite, I mean, Moonrise Kingdom's up there too. But yeah. th- this, I think, is probably my favorite, simply because I've. I've seen this one more than any of the other ones, mm-hmm. so it's probably just turned into the nostalgia thing. Um, is this where he honed his own Wes Anderson uniqueness? I don't remember the Royal Tannenbaums being like this Wes Anderson-y. Uh, there was a lot of Wes Anderson elements in Royal Tannenbaums, but this is... Um, he started getting more... This was, I think, one of his larger budget movies mm-hmm. at the time. Uh, they did not give him as much large budget afterwards afterwards because it didn't make its money back in the box office um but i would say as most uh where he honed it i i would say yeah i mean yeah between this and royal tannenbaums um because he's he did a movie back i think it was in 96 called bottle rocket Uh and that had owen wilson and luke wilson and james conn and that did not that does not feel like a Wes Anderson right, yeah, movie. No. Um the the acting is kind of more natural acting as opposed to um the stiff kind of deadpan ness. Deadpan acting. Yeah. Um that's 
I guess probably his most normal movie. That's my least favorite movie that he did. Um, but that was also his first movie. So mm-hmm. um, I think he's always had this kind of Wes Anderson sense to him. And now he's like at this point, he's able just to full yeah. lean right into it. Good. People know. Jump off the cliff. Yeah, what to expect. Yeah. Um, I don't remember Rushmore being like that, though. Maybe a little bit, but... Rushmore was a little bit. Um, they had, like, some title card sequences and stuff like that. Um, but the Royal Tannenbaums was pretty Wes Anderson-y. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what a lot of people, like, the first thing they think of when they think of um, Wes Anderson. Um, but it's it doesn't... Looking back on this movie it and re-watching it again, it's more... I don't want to say hectic or chaotic, but it's more. There's a lot more handheld shots mm-hmm. to where now there's nothing is handheld. Everything is precise and perfect. And, Proportionate. Huh? He loves his proportions. Yes, and <laughs> his and, symmetry. And you get a little bit in this, but there's <laughs> quite a few shots that are handheld or that are on Steadicam. Mm-hmm. And he pretty much, I want to say. I I have to rewatch the Darjeeling Limited, uh, which came out after this. Um, I have to watch that again because I've only seen it once uh, to see if there was any steady cam or anything like that. Because there was a couple of shots that were kind of uh, shaky, but just because of the terrain they were on and everything else. But uh, now, compared to like Grand Budapest Hotel or Asteroid City, every uh, Asteroid City especially, everything is perfect right like the way he wants it and um but it was interesting watching it now uh just because it it did feel a little bit more energetic and um maybe that was just because some of the action pieces or whatever but um yeah yeah so but yeah overall this is probably my favorite again probably because i've seen it so many times um it's kind of turned into nostalgic or it's just more of a comfort movie. Yep. Um, That's what I've heard. I've heard a lot of people, this is like a comfort movie to them. Yeah. Yeah. The, well, the funny thing is this isn't, this isn't highly ranked as far as Wes, even Wes Anderson fans. um, Like this just coming from message boards or comment sections on articles about Wes Anderson. This is not a well-liked Wes Anderson movie. Really? Yeah. It was, um, I'm looking right now and, it is, I believe. Here, well, let's just see what Empire okay has to say. All right, this. so yes, uh, number eleven, Bottle Rocket. <laughs> okay, uh, which I agree. I mean, it's his. It's his first one. It's um, he probably didn't have obviously have the budget and everything. Number ten, Isle of Dogs, which is a stop motion. Uh huh. Um, Never saw that one. One I saw it. It was uh, it was, it was good. I yeah. liked um fantastic mr fox more right. uh, but it was still a good stop motion animated uh movie nine the darjeeling limited eight the french dispatch uh-huh seven the life aquatic with steve zizu so like in the middle have, yep then you have asteroid city at number six fantastic mr fox at uh number five moonrise kingdom number four rushmore number three Grand Budapest Hotel, number two, and the Royal Tannenbaums at number one. Okay. Um, but yeah, for a while. So um, I'm surprised they have Asteroid City above like, Life the Life Aquatic. and But the other ones, the French Dispatch 
and Isle of Dogs came out after. I mean, th- they were his two most recent ones before Asteroid City. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but so yeah, it's kind of a lot of people just Wes Anderson fans aren't a fan of it. I don't know why. I I love it. I think it's hilarious. But me having said all that, shit, yeah. After watching it again, after so many, what'd you think? I liked it a lot. Yeah? It's really good. I agree. It's well, very good. join us next time. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it's just, uh, it's got this weird combination of, because they're, they're touching a lot of like deep, uh, uh, deep themes in this movie, and it, it, they, they cut it with some of the like funniest, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. like when Bill Murray just, Takes a shot at like uh, Jeff Goldblum's character. He's yeah. like, "Oh, that guy's a cunt," or something like like yeah. or that guy's a shit or whatever. He's like, and it just comes out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Or when, uh, uh, like you know, he's like, "I'm gonna hunt this this t- tiger shark down, uh, jaguar shark. jaguar shark, and I'm I'm gonna kill it." Yeah, I'm gonna hunt he, it down and kill it. And he's like, well, "What would the scientific person purpose be of that?" He just says, "Revenge." Revenge. <laughs> I don't remember that line. That was good. That made me laugh. Um, but I mean, and Bill Murray is probably the perfect actor to play in this role. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, someone, it, was writ- it was written for him. All right, it makes sense because he can he can uh, toe that line of just deadpan and like uh, when you need like an emotional beat to hit. Mm-hmm. Bill Murray's just really good at that 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 part of acting that not a lot of people can pull off too well. Yeah, and be, have it be believable. Mm-hmm. I love that line at the end where and I completely forgot about it. Where at the Shark is swimming by, and he's like, "I hope he remembers me." Yeah, I w- yeah. I wonder if he remembers. It's me. such a good line because mm-hmm. it all comes flushing down to him, like, yeah. And the and if you haven't seen this movie, I I I we I I'm a, obviously we both recommend it, um, but go watch it. But yeah, so yeah, and when he says that by the end, by the end of the movie, like the whole movie is him just reconciling with the fact that he's past his prime. Mm-hmm. He's um, struggling to find some kind of meaning to yep. his life because he was this noted explorer who turned out these documentaries. He was looked upon as a hero. He had, he's, he's, um, like the whole aesthetic is kind of loosely based off Jacques Cousteau. Yep. Not, and it's not, Bill Murray's not to me- meant to be a reflection of Jacques Cousteau, but it was just like the inspiration of this type, type of story. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the whole movie, I mean, the movie starts out. He's um, at a film festival, and he shows his latest documentary, Part One, where his best friend Esteban had been killed by a jaguar shark, and um, people ridicule him, saying, "Ah, it looks fake. This this look this all looks fake." And uh, they just kind of panned his movie. And it's been going on for a while. His past five documentaries haven't been doing well. He's has ha, he's having trouble getting funding. Mm-hmm. He you get introduced to him. He's a crap husband. He's his, so his marriage is slowly falling apart. Uh, his professional life is falling apart, and he's in his fifties. But he he can see his relevance is waning, mm-hmm. and the entire move. The entire movie, he's just dealing with that in not so good ways. <laughs> but yeah. um, so he starts grasping at things to where he could kind of feel important again, or 
um, and that kind of sense to where in the whole thing, he's trying to track down the shark to kill it because his best friend who held Steve in such high esteem, um, he, he wants to avenge his friend for that purpose. But yeah, when that last line is like, I wonder if he remembers me and which is kind of funny in its own sense because uh-huh. he's still wanting that fame or that recognition of, Oh, I'm, I'm important. Like that shark, sh- like, I wonder if he remembers me kind of a thing, but at the same, same time, he's just kind of saying it to the world in general Yeah, to where after he's gone, is anyone going to remember anything? Right. Right. Done? Um, it's kind of his inner dial, his inner monologue just coming out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what I find like, th- cause there's some fairly heavy material and Wes Anderson, I think Wes Anderson co-wrote this with Noah, uh, Bombach. Yeah. And they were, or Wes Anderson was, he was born in 69. This came out in 2004. So he was about probably 32, mm-hmm. uh, 33 when he wrote this. And a lot of the themes and just, it's very, I in my mind, it's not advanced, but it's very introspective, I guess, as far to be able to put yourself in that older type of character, but do it from such an honest place at that age. Because he was still on the rise in his career, and I was wondering, uh, but he got a lot of accolades for the Royal Tannenbaums, and... Um, to where maybe he had self-doubt or something like I don't know if that was even the case, but um, Rushmore was looked upon uh, favorably. and But just to be 33, 32, and to be able to write about a character like that at that age, dealing with a lot of tough issues that a lot of people face in life, um, I, I thought was handled really, really well, especially for the age that he was when he yeah. did it. I've seen a couple of Noah Baumbach's movies, mm-hmm. um, so I don't know if this is going down the right path, but I, I, the movies that I have seen with him directing and writing it, he does love to touch on like uh, like a man or a loner trying to find purpose in his life, mm-hmm. and there's all these tragedies that happen around him, and he's just they're just trying to cope with it, finding meaning in the, for, for their overall being. Mm-hmm. So... With that being said, I feel like the, the, a the, lot of it, a lot of it came from him. Okay, and then Wes just came in to do his Wes Anderson thing, uh, put his touches on it yeah. on the script. So I don't know if maybe Noah wrote the meat of it, and then Wes came in and kind of touched it up a little bit and to very, fit his style. I mean, he very well could have, um, because in that because that would make sense because there's a lot of. I mean, I feel like other Wes Anderson films. And I think that's probably why I like this one the most. They don't hit as hard mm-hmm. is what I feel like this movie hits. Um, I mean, Moonrise Kingdom does, but again, that's from the perspective of like, that's, that's going over first love right. and trying to find a family. And um, it's kind of more of a reflection of how, what it was like to be a child. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have the Grand Budapest Hotel, which is another movie, which I think has some emotional beats that were handled very, very well. Um but that was more or less more situational uh, because the whole movie was kind of like a biography of this fictional character. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, that, that, that would make sense. I haven't seen a lot of Noah Baumbach's or any, uh, actually, I don't know if I've seen any of his stuff. I, ch- I watched a uh, marriage story with Adam driver and Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. Ugh. Tough. It's tough. It's a tough watch. Like, 
subject matter or is it it's more just of... if you want to feel i don't know miserable oh, for fun for two hours i don't know it's not a pleasant experience got you. yeah the uh, i think the fantastic mr fox he wrote that as no bombach wrote that as well yeah um but uh i have not seen the squid and the whale um or madagascar three europe's most wanted um <laughs> I saw uh, the one with Ben Stiller called uh, Green, uh, Green? Ma- Meyerowitz Stories. No, no, no. There's that one, but then there's the Greenbaugh or Greenberg. I think it's called Greenberg. Oh, yeah. Yep, Greenberg. That's the one I saw. So, yeah. I think the next Noah Bombach movie I'll probably see will probably end up being Barbie. Uh, probably. At least written by. So. Yes. Um, but yeah. No, well, that's interesting. That I mean, that would make sense then. Yeah. I do, I, I do love this. The scenes, I, my, one of my favorite scenes is the scene where they're they're going over the ship, the mm-hmm. different compartments of the ship. It's just well done. I, I didn't appreciate that when I saw it the first time. Yeah, but it's just so it's so quirky mm-hmm. and it's just memorable. I don't know why I like it. <laughs> it's my the. I know. I was I was watching it. I'm like, why do I like this? I was I watching it, it last night, and I was like, why do I like this so much? <laughs> And I think part of it is just that that comfort aspect of it, but the humor is very, just very deadpan, very very dry. Oh yeah, and it and which the biggest laugh out of me uh, every time I watch it is when they are uh, they're kind of going after uh, they're going to go rescue uh, the bonds the company Bond Stooge. And, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> they're kind of going over the plan. And there's two instances to where uh, Angelica Houston comes back and uh, she's kind of uh, analyzing the voice, the voicemail that the Bond Company stooge left. And she's like, well, but, uh, based on the sound of wildlife in the background and the distortion and the connection and the time from kidnapping, uh, I have deduced that it's come across these three islands, the Ping Islands, and at a hotel that used to be blah, 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 blah. And, and she's like, there's a hotel that's now uh, vacant, but it was there. And Bill Murray walks up to the map. He's like, yeah, I remember this place. And he, like, points to the wrong island then turns to address his crew. And then he's like, yep, this is the island we need to hit. And then she just kind of points to the real island. Like, not saying anything, yeah, but yeah. just, like, it's this one to, for everyone else. That and then um, when he asks uh, Kate Blanchett's character, um, are you? Because she, her character is writing an article about mm-hmm. Steve Sisu, and he's uh, like, "Are are you going to get a good enough description of this command center that I kind of set up down here?" And she just kind of gives a shrug. Yeah, yeah. Like, and there's a couple of moments where, where like people shrug, and uh, he asked the sound editor one time, like, "He's like, oh, that sounds really good. What do you think?" And he's like, he just shrugs. <laughs> like the the shrugs get me just because it's like I don't fucking care. About it. like, <laughs> He wants, I guess, but they don't want to like hurt his feelings. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah, maybe, maybe not. He wants some sort of recognition. Yeah, anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I the <laughs> yeah the ship the ship portion that whole set uh, is great, and the fact that it's a working set that they used. Yep. Um The construction and that I think that's why I. I'll watch anything Wes Anderson does just from the production value Mm -hmm. and um, the amount of detail he puts in his movies and 
the meticulousness of camera movements. Yep. Um, and this I noticed more than his other ones, <clears throat> more recent ones. His recent ones, like you always have a straight on shot with the camera. If the camera moves, it'll move 90 degrees every single time. Yeah. Or 180 degrees. It's always <clears throat> straight right angles on everything. And, um, and if two characters are talking, they're usually like sitting facing each other yeah. side profile. Um, and it's kind of set up like a play. This had was a little bit looser to where um, you had some depth between characters so that maybe they were sitting at a 45 degree angle from each other. And it was blocked a little bit more conventionally than what he typically did. Um, so and I feel like that kind of gives it a little bit more energy than his other movies. But um and I think works, especially for the emotional beats. But he still has those dead on every once in a while panning 90 degrees. Yep. Um, yeah, and the, the sets are very minimalist mm-hmm. where, like, there's no clutter, like, anywhere. It, but like if the there is clutter, where there's and like, yeah, there's everything's placed meticulously. And then, but, and then just the the art direction of it to where everything is that retro. Yeah. Like the, the talk boxes, the, the phones, everything yeah. like this came out in 2004, but you could, you swear you were watching it in like 60 or something. Yeah, 60s. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the art style. Yeah. The, then yeah, it's good. I love this movie. It is very good. Yep. Um, the music this is one of the few soundtracks I have on my phone. Do you really? Yeah. Uh, I saw it at, uh, I think it was like a half price books or something. And I was like, sweet. Is it just, is it just a score? Yeah, it's the score. It also has, does it have the David Bowie Portuguese covers? It has Seo Jorge, uh, Seo Jorge, who does the Portuguese, uh, David Bowie's, David Bowie songs. It also has David Bowie's life on Mars song on there. Okay. Um, but, and then it has like, yeah, it has uh, what was this? Uh, Mark Mothersbaugh. Yes, uh, it has his scores on there, and uh, the only one that's not on there I noticed is when they go and see the jaguar shark. That musical arrangement's mm. not on the soundtrack mm. for some reason. I don't know why. But I do like that they have that guy, like just singing randomly. Mm-hmm. It's 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 like to remind you that you're like you're like watching a folk tale or something. Yeah. I always think of like I don't know why it's popped in my head, but it was like there's something about Mary where they break it up. Mm-hmm. With, <laughs> like, oh, by the way, remember this is a this is like a fairy tale slash folk tale that yeah. you're you're witnessing right now. Yep, it's not necessarily real life. So, um, I thought it was a good touch. I don't know if that was intentional, but or if he just put him in there to be quirky. Yeah, but I don't know. Brought him in. They found out. Oh, you can. You're really good. You seen David Bowie in Portuguese? That's like right up my alley. <laughs> it's the only way I listen to. If you sang it in English, then no, thank you. It's got to be Portuguese. Um, I liked uh, Noah Taylor. He always pops up in yeah, like everything. Yeah, he's yeah. One of he's like Ben actors. Mendelsohn's brother. It's like you know how there's like uh, what do you always say? You always say you always say something. It's like the white guy I'm thinking of. Crap. Ethan Hawke? No. <laughs> no, you always give this guy shit. You're like, oh, it's... Oh, I can't remember. doesn't matter. But anyway, when I when I see Noah Taylor, 
I immediately want to think Ben Mendelsohn, but I know it's not Ben Mendelsohn. Uh, so I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the other. It's Noah Tail, Taylor. It's like Ben Mendelsohn 1.5. Oh, got you. Yeah. There's an actor that I'm thinking of where you you think <laughs> you call him like that actor Light or something. Oh. I can't remember. Oh, Jesus. It's like the white guy that you see that plays the typical douchebag, but he's like the low rent this guy. Oh, like Sam Worthington or like... Yes. Uh, is it Sam Worthington yes, or Taylor Yes, Sam Keish? Worthington. Yeah. Yeah. Arnold Light. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Any, any other good actor, Light? Yes. Yes. Uh, I love that line from Kate Blanchett where I need to find uh, a baby for this father. Because yeah. I'm like, what, yep. is, what does... What? And I'm like, I'm like, what does that mean? I know it's supposed to be funny, but what, what's the what's the double meaning here? I don't know if it's a double meaning other than the fact that she's probably coming to grips with the fact that she might get killed. Yeah. And I, th- I mean, that's what I always kind of read it as is that uh, during that situation, um, everyone's just kind of like going through like, oh, crap. Uh, oh, God. And she's like, I, I need to find a baby for this father. And then you have Bill Murray's like, yeah, I know what you mean. Or I think I know what you mean. And, <laughs> um, but because after, I mean, that was a turning point point for her character yeah because after that moment then she broke it off with her editor she um she was just gonna go on her own mm-hmm. and um and i and, i mean yeah she kind of had a fling with ned but she was still gonna go back to her own place um so i think it was just the turning point for her character realizing like well i'm gonna be on my own and i'm gonna choose to be on my own right what'd you think of uh, owen wilson's kentucky accent I don't know what they're they're probably because no one from Kentucky, by the way, sounds like that. But I don't know if they were just like, okay, you're from Kentucky. I don't want you to go to any accent coach at all. Just what do you think a person from Kentucky sounds like, Owen? And then he he did it, and he was like, that's good enough. <laughs> and yeah, because it just sounds like Owen Wilson trying to, and maybe he's from Texas, so maybe could be that like he just kind of based it off that kind of a thing or just made it more cartoonish yeah a little bit or like more quaint or like good old boy kind of like more yeah. innocent um in a sense it's it was fine i mean I, I don't know if he was that was intentional like wes anderson was like i want him to have like this boy like quality this innocence so i don't want you to be too like on the nose with it i want you i want it to feel like it's a a kid trying to attempt mm-hmm. like a vague Southern accent. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Cause I mean, he never really struck me. As, I mean, he, he had instances in his character that were sure of himself. Mm-hmm. And, but then he had other instances where he's just kind of like going with the flow, like just trying to connect with someone who may or may not be his father. Um, and, very breezy, but that, I mean, but a lot of characters in Wes Anderson movies are just breezy. They mm-hmm. just, oh, well, that happened, and yep, on to the next. Yep. Um, so yeah, I don't, I, I, I'm not sure if they're, I don't know who told them to, or I mean, it could have just been from, hey, your character's from Kentucky, so have a Kentucky accent, right? Um, I, I, I can't imagine him being. I don't know. With as detailed as what Wes Anderson is, I could see him being particular as far as how he wants him to sound, but I don't know if he was at that point to where he was 
concerned with like an affectation is mm-hmm. when people spoke um, because everyone else like in the movie like you had outbursts from Bill Murray and then you had um, like when he's chained to the sink and the pirates come um, he's like you son of a bitch I'm gonna and then he's just like please don't hurt him yeah, kind of yeah. A thing like that felt like a, <clears throat> a Wes Anderson thing which made reason for his outburst but then um, again like there were still some performances that were um, more natural uh, as opposed to deadpan, like Mm -hmm. just the very proper um, deadpan performance. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking about that. Do you not like the accent? No, no, it didn't bother me. Oh. No, I just thought it felt off, and I didn't know if it was like an artistic reason behind it. But either way, it it didn't really bother me. I just noticed it. And half the time when he's talking, you don't even notice it anyway. Mm-hmm. But yeah, because Owen Wilson has such a distinct cadence when he speaks, anyways, and I think that's yeah. probably just how it came, came out, out for him. Could um, maybe. But I love the scene where he's trying to impress the reporter, and he has the helmets with the antenna. Mm-hmm. He's like, J- apparently, Jacques Cousteau patented like the the walkie-talkie yeah, and the and helmet, they- but I put some music in here. <laughs> <laughs> it's the dumbest. <laughs> it's just so funny. <laughs> Bill Murray doing his little—I don't know. It's good. It's like subtle stuff like that that, mm-hmm. that made me laugh. The um, I like how. I mean, I kind of. I'm a. I'm assuming it's intentional. Like they storm the hotel. It's all dilapidated. Yeah, kind of like Steve. Yeah, and and he's like, yeah, I came here on my honeymoon. And so, like, everything in his heyday is just turned to shit. shit. Yeah. <laughs> and um, the, other, the other touch I like is every time something somewhat serious happens, he's always asking, uh, what's his name? Uh, Vickham. He's like, uh, Vickham, did you get that on camera? Like, he's always worried about that uh, more than anything. Like, Ned almost drowns and they're resuscitating him. And he's kind of, like, brushing his hair like a father would his son. Yeah, and he's yeah. like, hey, Vikram, what, what's, what stop are you using on this? Oh, four and a half. He's like, all right. Wide open. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, make sure you're getting this. This is hard. This is, uh, this is some good shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in the moment when Ned actually dies, it's kind of... Uh, heart, I don't know, heartfelt kind of. Mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. I don't remember that at all. Um, yeah, his death is sad. The um, which at that point, like his, yeah, his death. They don't have the camera rolling on that. Mm-hmm. They don't have the camera rolling. Um, oh no, they do have the camera rolling, but he's not asking uh, Vickham if he has the camera rolling when they see the jaguar shark. But when they're getting uh, by the the pirates, yeah, and they're all being taken out. He's like, "Oh Jesus Christ!" And he sees them all kneeling, all blindfolded, and guns to their head. He's like, "Vikram, you getting this?" He's like, "I just kept rolling, and as soon as they blindfolded me, he's like, all right, we'll figure it out later.' Yeah, yeah. Like he's still yeah. worried about the movie because yeah. that's his last gasp of anything yeah. to remain who he was. Um. What does he say? He's like, don't shoot them. They're they're interns or something like that. Yeah, don't don't point the gun at them. They're unpaid interns. <laughs> I don't know why that sounds funny. <laughs> um, the uh, the other thing I like is, uh, yes, I mean, there's several good lines in this to where, 
Um, I think he's speaking with uh, Angelica, uh, Bill Murray speaking with uh, Angelica Houston's character, Eleanor Zizu, his wife. And she asks him, he's like, why are you having this? him around or no 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 no, sorry jesus got that wrong ned asked um steve if why he never contacted him when he found out about him and he had the line he said i i I never really i never liked fathers i didn't do it because um i didn't like my father and i never wanted to be one right and then um but I, I have written down he, he likes the idea of being a father, but he doesn't want to be pigeonholed like he. Yeah. yeah. But it, and I don't even know if it's so much he likes the idea of being a father so much as he now has someone that's giving him attention mm-hmm. that he used to get. Um, he likes the idea of being recognized as like a good father, mm-hmm. but doesn't want to do the work. Yeah. To be the a actual good father. Work, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, and even on camera, he's like, "Hey, I was thinking that maybe I could call you dad in this scene." He's like, "I, I like that. the I like the idea, but yeah, it might be too on the nose." Um, <laughs> Steve Z or something? Yeah, yeah Steve Z. There you go. <laughs> I like where your head's at. Um, yeah. Uh, There's another line in there where Angelica Houston is talking about like the cat died. She's like, he's like, "How?" Oh. A rattlesnake bit it or something. I'm like, Jesus, Eleanor, you couldn't have told me any other way. <laughs> like, what kind of cat was it? I don't know. Who gives a shit? <laughs> yeah. I think it was a tabby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's, it's that the whole movie's like that. There's mm-hmm. just lines like that in it. So it's, it, needless to say, it grew on me. I, I liked it a lot. I recommend it. It's a good movie. Yeah. I I do too. I th- <sighs> I understand why it's a comfort movie. Yeah, I mean, it's, I totally get it. Yeah, the music, the um, the way it's shot. It's it's shot uh, by Robert Yeaman. How do we decide? Yeaman. 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 Um, he is phenomenal. He's pretty much he's done most of um, Wes Anderson's movies, mm-hmm. um, but he's also done. There's some movie I saw. Like he's been in he's been in the industry since the early '80s, but um, let's see. He he did bridesmaids. Yeah, he did bridesmaids. He did um, the Pentagon Wars, which is a funny movie. I mean, that's not very well known. Uh, Dogma, huh? Um, he also he did the Squid and the Whale for Noah Baumbach. He also did. Uh, yeah, yes, man. Whip it. Uh, get him to the Greek. <laughs> like uh, the heat. He does a lot of these uh, comedies. Um, Ooh, guess what he did? The Wizard. Yes, that's 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 what <laughs> I saw. And because I, I I think it, wow. uh, on a recent watch of The Wizard, I was like, fucking Robert Yeoman yeah. did this or hilarious, Gaiman, whatever his name is. Um, didn't see that coming. No. The Pentagon Wars is a TV movie. Yeah, you and TV movies, man. Yeah, it's, I don't know how you. My uh, my dad showed that to me not too long ago. Oh, uh, did he? I recommend it for you. Yeah, it's it's 
pretty funny. Like it, it goes into the bureaucratic nonsense of the military, huh. and it applies to the corporate world too. Like okay. just the amount of red tape and everything else, okay. and the absurdity of things. Uh, because it's also based on a true story. Um, pretty sure it is. It would have to be right. Yeah, if it's a TV movie. But um, it's got Carrie Elway's in it and uh, Kelsey Grammer. It's pretty oh, okay. Good. All right. I recommend it. Um, I think it's on Prime or something. You can just watch it. Check Actually, it out for I free. think we watched it on YouTube for free. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, with this, I could probably. I mean, I, I think it's just a night. Like, the acting, the humor, like, the just the dry quick humor um the it, random shit like the lights going out and the sh- like the fuse breaking in the like every time someone says something drastic like the lights go off and the yeah, shit yeah <laughs> um yeah it's just fun if you're not a fan of deadpan humor though they're not i mean you won't like it i don't think so yeah yeah and, might be a tough sit through like my you know my wife won't does not like oh deadpan humor oh, i know at all the uh i think the because I, I forced her at gunpoint to watch <laughs> Wes Rice. Anderson movies. Yeah. And she liked, um, I think she liked Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah. yeah. And then and then I was like, oh, well, let's watch Moonrise Kingdom. And she's like, I did not like that at all. I was like, well, let's watch Life Aquatic. She's like, I don't like this at all. And I'm like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, it's not everyone's cup of tea. What I don't understand, though, is like other Wes Anderson fans don't like this as much as, as his other, other stuff. As his other stuff, um, but I think this is his most accessible and most I feel like most relatable movie that uh-huh. he's done. Yeah, um, next to Moonrise Kingdom and um, uh, Grand Budapest. Um, but yeah, no, I th- yeah, I've always loved it. I think this is one of the first actual Criterion movies I bought, I think was. Has every Wes Anderson movie been almost on so, Criteria? Um, Criterion? All of them up until Isle of Dogs, French Dispatch, and Asteroid City are right. not on there. Not old enough yet? Uh, well, I don't think it's that. I think it's more of time. Because he he will give a lot of like his movies when they get released on normal Blu-ray or DVD release they don't have a lot of bonus features or very very little mm. and when he releases it on Criterion he puts everything into it so there's like oh, documentaries really? there's commentaries there's a bunch of stuff that he throws in there for the bonus features so I think he holds it for that. But also to do the commentary and to kind of get all that material. I mean, I'm sure he has people helping him with it. Oh, but yeah. he's moving from, he's been <clears throat> moving fairly quickly the past five years. Um, so I think it's just more of getting finding his time to dedicate to that portion of it. Because with Criterion, they make sure everything's approved by the director and mm-hmm. producers and stuff like that. So with him, I'm sure it's, he wants to watch the transfer and nerd out about that right. stuff. So that's probably why. Because some some movies end up on Criterion quicker than his other ones. Like uh, Moonrise Kingdom was on Criterion fairly quickly. And then uh, the Grand Budapest Hotel didn't hit 
that came out in 2015. I don't think that came out on Criterion until I want to say like 2020, 2019, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, which I immediately, oh, I bet you threw away my original copy of Grand Budapest and went out and bought the the, the Criterion. Then watched the sweet, sweet bonus features. And were they good? They were pretty good. Yeah, were they? Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Yep. So but, I recommend it. I recommend it's it good. too. I changed it's, my mind. It's uh yeah, it's I mean it's about a man dealing with his own mortality more yep. or less and the effect that he has on the world and his own relevance. He's kind of a shit person, so it's kind of funny to watch. Yeah, it is. <laughs> to try and just bumblefuck his way through life. But, yep. Um but yeah. Uh do you have anything else? Nope. Neither do I. Join us next time. Hmm. As we review and discuss a, another hidden gem, um, Tom DeSillo's 1995 comedy drama, Living in Oblivion. So I'm less people have probably seen this movie than I've never this seen movie. it. So you're recommending it. I am recommending it. This is one of the movies. This is one of my. F- we had to watch a, a crap ton of movies in college, obviously, mm-hmm. um, and. Because I had a real life major, um, <laughs> but uh, living in oblivion was one of my favorites that we watched in my film studies class. Uh, so it's fine. It stars Steve Buscemi, has Kathleen Keener in it. Um, it's got Peter Dinklage, Dermot Mulroney, um, and uh, but it is streaming. I believe on Crackle, which I don't even know if that's a thing anymore. It is a thing. It I is. Think, yeah. Snap. Pretty sure. It's uh streaming on Crackle, Freevee, uh Peacock, Plex, Pluto TV, uh I think Roku channel, and then you can rent it on Prime for $1.99. Wow. Um but it is go watch that before we talk about it. It's pretty funny. It's uh I haven't seen it in probably at least 10 years or so. Jeez. Um, but yeah, it'll be fun to... All right, about. we'll see. If, if you're a fan of... Uh, if you're a fan of knowing how... Or you know you're, you have somewhat of awareness how movies are made or how difficult um, it is to shoot something, mm-hmm. uh, It's you'll enjoy it that much more. And I think that's probably why I enjoyed it so much is just because I've already... You can relate. A little bit, yeah, but I mean, it was like the basic things you could relate to, um, not giving any spoilers away, like when you're shooting something and you have a very powerful microphone and someone's holding a boom mic and then you pick up somebody, because when I was in college, I was in a fraternity and I had to shoot, I shot a short film in my fraternity house and I told everyone, I was like, all right guys, please be quiet in the house, this will pick up anything, the air conditioner will kick on and then it ruins your shot. Because mm. now this, the, when, if someone's talking, the, it's going to sh- yeah, uh, drown gonna, it out, drown it out, or just add it in the background of the white noise. Mm-hmm. Or then um, you're having a dialogue scene, you want to get that clean audio, and then someone's walking around upstairs, and yeah. you just lose your fucking mind. Because I told you to shut up, <laughs> and you're like, what? I didn't say anything. I was like, you were walking, floorboards were creaking, two floors up, and I could hear it. And yeah. it's, but it like kind of goes into a little bit. Of okay. That, so, all right. Um, but it's fun. It's, uh, but yeah, uh, living in oblivion. Stream it, watch it, and uh, join us next time. Till next time, Jay. Till next time, Matt.